Some of you may be wondering by the end of the sermon whether you haven't heard a portion of this before and if you were at another service last week and have come to this service this time, you might be getting a, a bit of a double dose. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It may be the Lord's thinking, that's why I have you here. I want you to hear this twice. So it, it can work in a very positive way perhaps. Um, I, I've uh, always wanted to preach a sermon on this is that. May I do this, or should I say, may I do that this morning? Thank you for your permission. For this is what we have seen in the past three weeks. This, the resurrection of Jesus in power, produces the, and creates the dynamic for that. The followers of Jesus enjoying the same power that rose him from the dead in their own lives. This is that. And we hear a gospel reading, and we hear a reading from the book of Acts, and then we get the this and that. It all was set up with a prelude from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah prophesying of what would happen one day, he says, on this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples. The mountain the mountain of Golgotha, the mountain of uh, Jerusalem, the, 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 the hill that Jerusalem is built on, on this mountain he will destroy the shroud. It's the shroud of death that covers all people's lives, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. When Isaiah said that hundreds of years before Jesus, there was neither clarity nor certainty about what that word was referenced, pointing towards. But looking back from our vantage point, it seems so clear that it was pointing to that, the cross. And so on Easter Sunday, we heard that the ladies entered the tomb of Jesus. They saw a young man dressed in a white robe, an angel of some sort, a messenger. They were alarmed, and he said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. He was crucified. He is risen. This is that. We heard on Easter Sunday from the early church's life a story about Peter preaching with boldness and clarity about the resurrection. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, Something amazing happens, a power event. The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, that is the Jews, who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, the non-Jews. For they heard them speaking in tongues, another power moment in praising God. So Peter said, can anyone keep these folks from being baptized into Jesus as we have been? The power of Peter's preaching, evident that we celebrate on Easter Sunday morning, this power is that power. And last Sunday, we spoke on the second Sunday of Easter, we heard from the Gospel of John another appearance story of Jesus from John's Gospel. The disciples were together, locked behind doors for fear. Jesus came and stood among them and prayed for them. And so then that this becomes this that 
than that of the story in the book of Acts we heard last Sunday as well. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They did not preach anymore or teach in an ordinary fashion. They were, yes, ordinary fishermen, unschooled and uneducated, preaching with a clarity and a boldness that brought conviction and conversion to others because the power of the Lord had been released into their lives as well. And so in week two of Easter, we celebrated that as well. And today, third Sunday of Easter, we see this and that again. Another account of a resurrection story. While they were still talking about this, and what they were talking about was the rumor that Jesus had appeared to two men on the road to Emmaus, Jesus stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise? He said, Touch me. Feed me some fish. I'm here. I'm risen. This is that. We hear in the story of Acts that Peter, first of all, there's a reference made to a healing of a crippled man that we didn't hear this morning. It precedes what we heard this morning. Peter saying, I don't have silver or gold. I'm not a wealthy man. I'm a former fisherman, in other words. But he said, what I have, I will give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. The power of Jesus residing in Peter as a follower of Jesus, released into a man who is now able to walk. He jumped to his feet, we have that account, and began to walk. So Peter is empowered and enabled not only to preach and to heal and to cast out demons, that preaching power continues the this and the that. And so he is able to say, it's by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. They know he was crippled. He was there at the gates all the time begging. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him. Now, brothers, I know you acted in ignorance, and now he calls them to become uncrippled people, to be free in the truth and life of Jesus. Repent. Turn to God that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That's one of those great hidden phrases in Scripture. Times of refreshing may come from the Lord for your life. Don't you want sometimes a time of simply refreshment? That whole image of let's go get some refreshments. And here Peter invites the community of faith Give your life into the life of the Lord Jesus and you will enjoy times of refreshing from him for you. This is that, you see. This power of God revealed in the resurrection of Jesus. We've heard from Easter Day, second Sunday of Easter, this Sunday of Easter, third Sunday. This power is that power of available from God available for all who believe. We heard Easter Sunday these accounts in the story of the book of Acts of that power released. So, it's the best Easter word I know beside Easter joy. Easter power. Power is something that we underestimate 
devalue and are not clear on as we walk in faith. God has something for us more than merely salvation. He has a desire to imbue you with a Holy Spirit kind of energy and power for your life. Paul is very clear about this in his letters to the early church. He will say, for example, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, it's a matter of power. He will say for his own life, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. He will say to you and to me, as he said to the church of that day, I pray also that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now let's be clear, this is not worldly power nor is it power for worldly success. This is not power to win the lottery and walk away with your millions and millions of dollars. This is divine power to be applied to our lives for godly success and godly living. It's not power to control, but it is a letting go and giving up of control in order that God can be the power in your life. Allowing Him access and room within us to make the necessary changes and then use us for His kingdom work here on earth. What can this power do for you as a disciple? I offer this short list to the services of a week ago. I offer them again to you today with whom I did not sit a week ago. What can this power do for you? It is power to defeat the undefeatable, the apparent undefeatable, to defeat the self-family. The self-family lives within us, and it is not a good family. It is the one that needs to be nailed to the cross, every individual member of the self-family. Their names are like selfishness, self-centeredness, self-promotion, self-righteousness, even self-consciousness. Worrying all the time about what other people think determines how we behave. Self-consciousness. Defeating the undefeatable, apparent undefeatable, the self-family. It must be crucified. And Paul speaks clearly about that, that. That is the part of us that needs to die. And on our good days, we wholly and fully agree with, the, with Paul about that. Defeating the undefeatable, whatever it is that we have now identified as our bad habit or our addiction. Finally, because we tend to live in denial with it for a while, but when we're able finally to identify it because we have named it, own it. I have an anger problem, we might say. I have a lazy issue, we might say. I have a drinking issue or this issue or that issue. I have a control issue. Owning it, to offer it to the Lord, asking for His power to help us be delivered from it. What can this power do for you as a disciple? What can this that raised Jesus from the dead do for that, your life in Christ? Defeat the undefeatable. It is power to enable you to love the unlovable. Some people are harder to love than others. 
Have you ever noticed that? You may live with a person like that. Or they may think they live with a person like that. But loving the unlovable is that pure grace that comes out of a loving Jesus heart that has been planted within us to love the unlovable with his power. And it is power to forgive the unforgivable. What do I mean by the unforgivable? Well, I'm not talking about the unforgivable sin that Jesus speaks of in some places. Uh, This is that thing that happened to us, done to us by another person, which feels like we can never forgive them. They've committed the unforgivable sin against us. And this is power to forgive what feels for a time that it may be something we're thinking, I'm never going to get over this. I will not forgive them. I will not let it go. We forget that forgiveness is not condoning what happened. And forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation. It takes two for that. But forgiveness is letting go of anger, resentment, hatred, bitterness towards that person who hurt us. And loving them with the love of the Lord. Praying for them that God will bless their lives. And when that anger begins to bubble up again to say, Lord, I forgive them. I let go of the anger I feel. I forgive them. Loving the unlovable, forgiving the unforgivable. And we could go on and on about what this power can do in that life, your life. It is the power to lay down your life for another. Spouses are doing it right now in this community. Elderly marriages, 40 and 50 year old marriages and One of the spouses has become chronically ill, infirm, and fragile. And watching the spouse, the husband or wife, honoring their marriage vows to the very end, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. They lay down their life for their husband or their wife, caring and tending for them until death parts them. That's power that comes from the Lord Jesus. It can be power to adult children who are doing it for their aged parents. And more and more their life is focused in a daily fashion on tending and caring for an elderly parent. It can certainly and is power that our parents do for their precious children. We lay down our lives, our priorities for our precious infant or child. We're up in the middle of the night when we never want to be up in the middle of the night tending a crying baby, laying down our lives in the power of love. It is power to speak of God to the unconverted. It is power to pray for the sick and expect change and healing and restoration. Sometimes God answers that prayer with a no or not yet. But the power to pray expectantly and persistently in love that God will grant our request of healing for this person It is the power to defeat Satan and all his spiritual allies. At the name of Jesus, every knee will submit. Whether that entity, that thing is in the heaven above, on the earth, or beneath the earth. It's a description of the cosmic realm, of the spiritual realm. At the name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus. It is power to defeat Satan and his dominions. And finally, it is the power to defeat death itself. Hallelujah! 
as Jesus is risen from the dead, we are invited to believe and be expectant. We who follow him shall be raised from the dead as well, we and our loved ones. So Paul will say with excitement and energy in his letter to the church in Corinth, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory over death, see, through our Lord. Well, I simply invite you to consider in this 2012 Easter season, do you know that you can have a this-is-that life too? Do you know that? Do you want more love, more power, more the Lord in your life? Did you know that this God, this God of love who raised Jesus in power, has now made that same power available to raise you in the fullness of life? Do you know that? Well, wonderful that you do. Then do this. Believe it with all your heart. Ask for it with all your heart. And make a pilgrimage. Go to a place where God has a reputation for showing up, that his power may be released within, within you as well. Then this will be that in your life. Hallelujah and amen.